This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Lindsay Hine, and today you're listening to episode 94. Today, I'm talking with Tina Marie Hernandez. She is the executive director at Dive Heart. She's also the quality assurance program manager at Accenture. Today in this episode, we hear all about Dive Heart which is a nonprofit organization which builds confidence, independence, and self-esteem in the lives of children, adults, and veterans with disabilities through scuba diving, scuba therapy, and related activities. They instill a can-do spirit in participants, inspiring them to take on challenges that they may not have considered before using zero gravity and adventure paradigm. They help participants believe that if they can scuba dive, they can do anything. This is such a cool program, just life-changing program for so many individuals. And you're going to hear all about how it got started and the impact they're making on the lives of so many individuals in this episode. If you want to learn more about Dive Heart, go to diveheart.org. All right, friends, and make sure you are following us on social media here on the Illuminate Podcast, the Illuminate Podcast on Instagram. We're actually bringing on some new hosts to rotate into this podcast, hosts that we are really excited to bring on, and we're going to actually bring on an interview with them one-on-one so that you can get to know their stories and why they wanted to work on the Illuminate Podcast and why we thought they were a great fit. So uh, stay tuned for those interviews coming up soon. Uh, We have gone to an every other week episode drop over the summer here on the Illuminate podcast, but we're going to pick back up to weekly episodes once we get these new hosts onboarded. And we are excited to continue bringing you inspiring stories. So uh, thank you for being here. And we are so excited for what's to come with the Illuminate podcast. All right, enjoy my conversation with Tina Marie. Well, today on the Illuminate podcast, we have Tina Marie Hernandez with Dive Heart. Welcome to the show, Tina Marie. Thank you very much for having me, Lindsay. So excited to chat with you. I have been learning all about Dive Heart and am so inspired by what you all do at the organization. Can you tell us, Tina Marie, a little bit about your backstory and how you got involved with Dive Heart? Sure. Um, I went, the founder and I went to the same college and we both worked for the school newspaper. And I ended up meeting him at a reunion that the school newspaper has every year. And we got to talking and I was hearing about what he did through Dive Heart and Um, what their mission was. And I was thinking to myself, I always wanted to learn how to scuba dive. And this sounds amazing. And the next thought was, I bet they're locationally undesirable. Mm. (laughs) And as it happened, they're about a five mile drive from my house, their headquarters. So it turned out to be a perfect match. 
And it was also at a time in my personal career. So I work for Accenture. Um, I tell people Accenture pays my bills and uh-huh. Dive Heart pays my they, Dive Heart pays my soul. So um, I I was at a point in my career and I was kind of thinking, you know, what if I got fired? What if I had to find something else to do? And everybody's always talking about your skill set. And I kind of said, do I have a skill set? And I've been with Accenture now for 24 years. So I, I, I've not been one of those people who've gone from job to job, right? I, I kind of am an anomaly because I started with them and I've stuck with it. Um, anyway, uh, what I found out is when I started volunteering for Dive Heart, I started in the office and there were a lot of times when I was like, well, why don't we try to do it this way? And everyone's like, wow, you're brilliant. Or, you know, I've been in operations, I'm process improvement, I'm quality and risk. So those are my fortes, I guess. So that's what I was bringing to Dive Heart. And it really made me feel good because I was helping this organization and they really did not have someone in the office that was like me. So, and they're a very small team. We're still a very small team. We have six part-time people. Okay. So so for everyone listening, I mentioned this in the intro, but Dive Heart provides and supports educational scuba diving programs that are open to any child, adult, or veteran with a disability with the hope of providing both physical and psychological therapeutic value to that person. Okay, so now where is this, like the headquarters, five miles from your house? Where do you live? Uh, I live in Woodridge, Illinois. So this is uh, Downers Grove, Illinois. And we've been around for 20 years. And like, like you said, we work with people with physical and cognitive disabilities, and we use scuba diving as a therapy. So at minimum, we're hoping to give someone an experience and we start everybody in a pool, right? So that's what makes it local. That's what makes, hopefully most communities have a pool or a pool within a good distance of where they live. So you could create a team and have people getting people with disabilities in the water pretty much wherever you have a pool. Oh, that's so and, cool. And that is, that is truly the cool factor. And like I said, what the, the point of the program is to give someone positive interaction, to, to show them that we work with the abilities that they have. So we talk about what you can do, not about what you can't do. That's not the focus of what we do. So if you're someone with, um, say, a visual impairment, we talk, uh, we worked a lot with, we work a lot with people with macular degeneration. So they have eyesight, but it might be diminishing. And so we're working on, oh, wait, can you see me here? Can you see my hands there? Can you see me here? And when they say yes, you're like, all right, that's, that's the window that we're going to work with when I'm asking you if you're okay underwater or if you're okay above water. Um, when we're working with someone with, um, you know, who maybe has a weak arm or can't lift a lot of weight or things like that, then when we get them in the water, we're making sure that they're in high enough water where we put the kid on them and we show them everything that we're not hurting their back or, you know, we're telling them, okay, then you use this arm and we find adaptive ways because we call all our divers not handicapped, but adaptive. Everyone is adapting to diving. How, how are we going to make sure that we get the skills done that we need to do to have you dive successfully? And we're going to adapt to your abilities. That's so great. Okay. I love that you 
met Jim, like you guys like knew each other in college and then you, you like met up at this reunion thing and he tells you about this and you actually like run with it and actually get involved because don't you feel like so often you meet people you know, you, 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 uh, reunite with someone and they tell you about what they're doing for a living, but you kind of just like, oh yeah, it's ketchup. But you actually like decided you wanted to get involved. Did you walk away from that and then come back later and say, no, actually I do want to get involved. Oh no, we left. And I, I, I think I, I gave you the wrong impression. We both went to NIU, but at different times. Okay. So this was the first time I was meeting him. Gotcha. Gotcha. We left saying, we're going to, we're going to meet up. And okay. that next week I called him and said, when do we meet up? And so I jumped right in from the get go. Um, it was, you know, th- I don't know if this happens to a lot of people, but something inside of me personally, mm-hmm. when I heard his voice, it, it just pinged. And so something drew me there and I, I don't know what it okay. is. I don't know if it was just karma or the world or whatever but it pointed me in that direction and like you said I I ran with it and um it's been a wonderful experience for me I mean I think it's just so important to listen to our gut in those moments because you're like oh, I already have a job I already I'm already invested in this and whatever but it's like you trusted your gut and now look like you're spending a good portion of your life giving back to this nonprofit and and working for them and helping them and I just think that's so incredible I'm Curious if you can share a little bit about Jim's story and why he founded Dive Heart. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Jim grew up, you know, and I did as well, but he he grew up with people with disabilities around him. His father was a Vietnam vet um, who came back. And so Jim found himself going to the VA center a lot with his father. Um, As he puts it, he was dodging wheelchairs as a kid. Mm. Um, Then, uh, when he was married and had children, uh, both his children had um, some physical disabilities. His uh, eldest daughter uh, was born blind and his second daughter um, had scoliosis. So he, uh, at that point, uh, was also, you know, kind of faced with working with people with disabilities. And he's the type of person that uh, constantly builds you up no matter who you are you know he's always focused on the positive and he's very focused on how can I help you be independent you know and what are your dreams and how can I help you get those dreams fulfilled so he's been like that his whole life um when he was a kid he had a best friend who had cerebral palsy and he decided he well that he would walk him to school every day because he didn't want him to get picked on when he was walking to school so everything in his life um, kind of led him to this. And he was, he learned how to scuba dive when he was in college. And he did that because he thought, um, I want to go into journalism. And if I ever interview Jacques Cousteau, I need to know how to speak his language. <laughs> so mm. he decided he was going to learn how to scuba dive. Uh, and now um, that's all paid off for him. I mean, he, he thought when his daughter was struggling with being blind, she didn't want to be blind anymore. Um, and that was when she was put into mainstream school. So she was with all people who were blind. And then she got into a school where she was with other kids and the other kids teased her and she decided she didn't want to be blind. And Jim's like, how do I fix this? Because I can't make that change. And he talked about it with some friends at work and they said, have you tried this downhill skiing for people who are blind? And he said, no. And he went and tried it with her and it became her 
dive heart. It became mm. her way of seeing herself as somebody different than just being blind. She was able to be the skier and she was able to come back and talk to her friends about going on a ski trip or going, you know, I think she even ended up competing, but it changed her perspective of who she is and what she can accomplish. And that's what we do with dive heart. We, we help change people's perspective of themselves and it radiates it, it. We call it the ripple effect, right? It goes out and it affects the people around them because they then see this person as something different. I, I, a lot of times when I meet people, I challenge them to think like if you saw someone come in uh, with a wheelchair or a walker or something other ailment that you could see or that you knew about, and then they start talking about how they just came back from Cozumel on this trip, dive trip, your whole vision in your mind mentally of them changes because you might have had assumptions about what they can do <laughs> without even really truly mm -hmm. thinking about it. But when you start hearing their stories and what they did, even when it's in a pool, you go, oh, my gosh. I mean, so many people are afraid of water, right? Yeah. So when they hear these things that these people can do or have done, it really changes the way that they, they go, well, if I can do this, what else can I do? And it, it just opens them, um, both with meeting other people or trying different things. It, you know, we don't expect all of our divers to be full-time divers the rest of their lives. But like I said, it's the experiences and helping them um, see that there's more to it, which is why we use the tagline, imagine the possibilities, right? That's so, so powerful. Um, <clears throat> side note here, when you were talking about Jim growing up and having his friend that has cerebral palsy and walking him to school, I just want to add a note here. There's a book called The Push, A Story of Friendship. It's by Patrick Gray. And my boys and I read it all the time. It's so good. It's about a, a two friends and one little boy is in a wheelchair and just this friendship these two little boys have um, growing up. And then, you know, they they explore the friendship. They come back and share, you know, what it's like as adults as well. But man, that book is so good. So if you're a parent, um, definitely check that book out if you're interested in this um, sort of topic. Okay, so back to Dive Heart a little bit. I know I kind of veered off for a minute Talk to us about the water and what that experience does for someone. I mean, someone um, who does not have disabilities, but also someone who does have disabilities. What did you say? Adap adaptable? Adaptive. Adaptive. Adaptive divers. Yeah. Like, and when you think about it, we're all adaptive, right? right. When we do something, we learn a, a certain way, but then it, inevitably we do it the way that we need to do it for the abilities we have. Mm. Um, and that's what we're that's what we're doing with the people that we work with. Right. And so many times um, people are told, no, you can't do this mm -hmm. or no, you can't do that. And, and really, we try to get the no out of the way. And with when you're dealing with water, I mean, when we think about it underwater and and scuba diving special because you're able to breathe underwater, which is kind of unnatural to begin with. Mm -hmm. But once you get over the whole hump of that being unnatural, even if you were just to take a tank and and be able to sit on the bottom of a pool, be it three feet or 10 feet or what have you, um, you're able to hear yourself breathe. So, you know, people talk about how important it is to just sit and be present and hear yourself breathing. It happens so naturally when you're underwater, while, while you're diving. Uh, you could, and, and that happens for me personally when I'm underwater. It, there's a calmness 
there's a sense of really feeling myself, my own person, my body, a um, couple of seconds there. And then when you're working with someone, you know, obviously your attention is on them, but it allows that person also to experience that. Uh, for people with a disability, so let's talk about even someone who is on the autism spectrum. So many times they tell us, I'm able to clear my head. Mm. It gets them away from surface distractions. It gets them away from noises and, uh, and all the other things that could bother them as, as far as um, uh, dis distractions visually, distractions of sound. As you go deeper, you have um, a natural squeeze, right? Because the, the water uh, is more dense. So, so as you go down, so... A lot of people on the autism spectrum have those weighted blankets. People with anxiety, it, you get down underwater and you're able to just be calm. And for people who experience um, pain, a lot who, who, who have a lot of pain, especially due to like spinal cord injuries or being in a wheelchair all the time, that type of thing, when they're under the water, they're able to, to release, to spread their, their limbs. I literally see people who are very tight and almost in a ball, just open up when they're in the water. And being underwater really helps that as well, not just being on the surface, because I know there's a lot of positive things that happen um, with walking, working in the water surface-wise. Uh, but just being underwater allows people to do that. And a lot of people experience pain relief, again, even just in a pool. You don't have to go scuba diving and go, you know, 300 feet or not that we would ever do that. We, we don't go below like 70 for most people. So, okay. um, but even at 40 feet, when you're in the open water, you can see so many beautiful things. You know, you add then the beauty of what the ocean is and that just is icing on the cake. Yeah. I heard, I think I heard Jim say, uh, in an interview that the lasting effects of that pain relief can be up to like three weeks for some people. Yes. Yes, that's what people have told us. And that's why we um, are chasing after the medical community. Mm. We so want the medical community to be able to do more research. We, you know, will help anyone who wants to do it. We'll work with people that do it. But we already are working in the medical community for years now. Uh, we actually host a symposium every year to talk about what research is being done, what research has been done. This year, we're focused on the therapies uh, occupational therapy, physical therapy, and recreational therapy. So our symposium this year will focus on those uh, areas and the research being done there. And uh, we have five occupational therapy doctoral candidates that are doing uh, various projects with us. Some are doing research, some are helping us um, with developing tools. We just developed um, a continuing education program presentation that we can now offer, you know, in Illinois, and then hopefully uh, we'll add PT and rec therapy to that uh, going forward. So, you know, all these things are so that we can engage in the medical community and have them help it grow because uh, the therapeutic benefits, I think, are so great. We, we're just at the tip of the iceberg. Oh, for sure. I feel like everybody should do water therapy, no matter what, no matter what your issues are, like there should be water therapy prescribed for everybody. Now you mentioned the anxiety thing and I'm thinking, I don't know. I feel like I'd get a lot of anxiety going scuba diving. So talk to the, talk to talk on the mental 
component of this and like training your divers to handle, you know, what it's like to get under the water like that? Right. So um, when we work with people, well, first of all, one of our big tenants is challenge by choice. Mm. So dive heart isn't going to, you know, people come to us and they're like, I don't know if they're even going to put their face underwater. It's like, that's okay. I guarantee they'll come out with a win. And, and that's the end product, right? They're going to have a win. If it's, oh, they just were able to get in the pool or we were able to get the, um, the vest on them, what we call it a buoyancy compensation device. That's what you float at the top with. And then you also wear as, as you go down under because it holds your tank. Um, but it may take three sessions for us to get someone underwater on scuba diving, or it might be one. The thing is we teach with love and, and understanding and that, you know, we don't push anyone. So they really do what they're most comfortable with. And, you know, sometimes we use games or other distractions to help them. So like we use this underwater puzzle that's weighted and I wish we could find more people to design them, but it's weighted and it's wonderful to distract your mind mm. because when you're not thinking about your brain goes, what are you doing? We're not supposed to be underwater breathing. Um, when you can distract your mind from thinking those thoughts, then you look up all of a sudden and they're like, oh my gosh, I've been breathing for, you know, the last five minutes, but I've been doing this puzzle. <laughs> so I haven't been That's worried. So about cool. Um, we also have rockets and we play rockets. Uh, we have rings that people, you know, can go and, and collect, you know, different things. It, it's like having a good golf swing, right? They tell you, don't think, don't overthink it. And that is the trick of really being able to be comfortable. And then once you, once you get used to it, then it's easier and easier, obviously, right? But it's the overthinking initially that you have to get that hump over the hump of, uh, of trying to fight the fact that you're breathing underwater. Which is like, I feel like such a good, like, metaphor for everything you do in life. Like you just, you have to get over that initial hump and so many things, like whether you're starting a new sport, you know, whatever it is, whether you're going to go run a marathon, it's like you have to get over whatever's like paralyzing you, whatever fear is paralyzing you and, and do the thing. Right. And, and that's where I think that connects with the idea of when they do this and when other people see them do this, that idea of if I've done this, what else can I do? Other challenges mm -hmm. in your life may not seem as the great big mountain it seemed before. Maybe now it's just a hill that you can see over and you can go. Yes. Um, or maybe it's just the push you need to be able to say, I am going to take that on. I am going to, you know, because I can, I, if I could do this, I think I can do that now. So, and, and actually we've, we've done research where that type of thinking actually happens where, you know, we, we, where someone did a, a little questionnaire ahead of time. Uh, and then they started doing the dive program. And after the dive program, they're thinking, well, you know what? I, I, I don't think I'm as bad as I thought I was initially. Right. I think I have more possibility, more, um, uh, ability to conquer some of these things. And so we know that's what happens and people, you know, for people. So that's, that's another big reason why we want to see this just in so many places and to help so many people. So in so many places, what does that look like? You have instructors uh, that volunteer. So is it like sprinkled throughout the country? 
Well, well, right now, how funny is this? We have uh, trained instructors in 34 states. Okay. Um, we have active teams that are happening, I think, in eight or nine states. Um, they might not all just be diehards. So one of the things that we discovered over the past five years is that um, for in order for us to continue to be the leader in, in adaptive diving and being innovative and getting the word out and training everyone we would like to see trained, we can't also be trying to manage a million teams. Yeah. So what we want to do, what we're, what we've been moving towards is being able to create instructors and help them get involved in their community, but have them run the programs. Okay. So we've helped uh, 50 or 50 ish over the past 20 years, nonprofits get started. And if they're not a nonprofit, then they're groups of people that are doing it. So like when Jim went to Israel, he helped uh, a group get started and they still are active. We have a team that's out in Malaysia and Borneo that does, they do pool programs. They also do trips in that part of the world. Um, our, our, Malaysia lead just was at the Moscow dive show giving a presentation. And uh, so he's, you know, that part of the world, we're hoping to have, you know, have some influence or some people doing things in uh, Australia. And then as far as the U.S. is concerned, we have people up in the Northwest uh, in Oregon. We're hoping that we have people starting up in the Northeast. And then what what we would like to do or what we have been doing is when people come to us and say, okay, I'm in Oklahoma. Who do I go to? We're able to then point them to uh, either a person or a group of people that can help them. So these people are starting their own nonprofits, but they're being trained through you. Right. Okay. So they use our techniques. Our, we train them up as buddies or instructors. Um, and then, it, it may not be a nonprofit. It might be a dive shop. Yeah. And, and they do this as their way of giving back to the community. Uh, we work with a lot of special rec associations that I know are, are, that's kind of special to Illinois, but it's where a group of communities pool their money together that they've gotten from the government and the state. Uh, and they have programs specifically for people with disabilities. So we partner a lot with them locally and then there's groups in, we have a group in Southern California, uh, Northern, or like I said, there's a group in um, Oregon that's independent of us, but they use our training. They've been trained up by Dive Heart. So we, we try and, and point people where the closest group is that can help them dive. And if we can't, then we invite them and say, come on one of our trips and we'll um, get you trained up and, and be able to to do a, a trip with us. And what are the trips? So we offer um, in a regular year. So hopefully next yeah. year we'll be back to full full speed ahead. Uh, but what we do is we go maybe three, four times down to Cozumel, Mexico. It'll be a week-long trip from a Saturday to a Saturday with five days of morning dives. And we'll usually have a total you know team of of adaptive buddies that are coming down and it's kind of like a mission trip for them they pay their own way mm -hmm. they make sure that they get there and they pay for all their own diving and they're there to help right they're amazing people and then we have the divers come and if the diver can afford it themselves then that's awesome if the diver needs assistance then we have different ways of helping them um 
afford to come down. So, so uh, cool. we, yeah, so we, we do that. And then uh, we do this something similar when we go to Florida. So we also dive in the Florida Keys, um, maybe four to five times a year. And there we offer a couple different days of diving. And again, the buddies come down, you know, we kind of ring the bell and say, okay, guys, here's where we're going to be. And then um, people show up and we're able to get adaptive divers in the water that way too. Okay, so the last piece I want to hit on with Dive Heart before we wrap up here is um, the you offer services to veterans as well. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, yes. So um, our Dive Heart Military Wounded. So we work with a lot of veterans. We train up a lot of veterans, you know, um, and it's kind of special in the sense that uh, when, when you have a veteran who's been injured, uh, they get cut off from a lot of things. They get cut off from what their calling is, right? Their purpose was to help and to protect and to, you know, be uh, this person who they no longer can can help in that way. And what we try and do is through the veterans who come and train up as buddies and, and instructors, it's great when we can match them together because they're becoming that, they're seeing their family again, so to speak. And it's really nice to, to see them work together. And, you know, like everybody else, we're all different. So sometimes our veterans are like, I want to be part of a veterans group that's diving. Sometimes it's, I just want to be part of the bigger community that's diving. Uh, and so we really try and work with them as to what type of experience they'd like. And we go through to through veteran centers. And then we also have done some special trips uh, where we had um, one trip where we brought um, veterans who had been injured as well as families who had lost a loved one, mm. um, the gold starred families. And it was really beautiful because when they came together, they, they helped each other heal in a way. And um, those families, again, kind of got cut off, right? They were used to being part of the military family through their loved one. And maybe that was the only person in their family they had that was attached at the time to the military. So when they um, were lost, they kind of lost that connection. So it, it was a really special trip because they all trained up and they were newer divers and they learned together and helped each other. Wow, that's something I never really like thought of that you lose your one connection and you've like, you're not connected to this entire family of people. Right. I, I mean, wow. I, I haven't experienced it thankfully, but I, you yeah. know, I've, I've met people who have and, and it is. And, and what's wonderful with dive heart too, is it is like a family. You come mm. on a trip and I warned people, I said, you're going to come on a trip <laughs> and you're going to leave family. So just be prepared because <laughs> we're just as wackadoodle as everybody else's family. But, it, you know, it really is, I don't know if it's something about all of us being underwater um, on, you know, life support, because that's what uh -huh. is, or if it's, you know, the intensity of the emotion of, of helping people. I've had people on the trip that have admitted at the end, they're like, you know, when I go on a dive trip, I really don't like to interact with everybody else. But with you guys, I look forward to it. So there's something there that's special and, and they do live like family. And then we see so many people come back and, and, you know, come on trips multiple years or every other year, whenever they can afford it. And, and they ask about each other. They're like, oh, is so-and-so coming on this year's trip? Oh yeah, great. I get to see them again. 
So, um, and they come from all over the world, which is wonderful. Okay. So you said when you started with the organization, you had wanted to, to try diving. So is this a regular part of your life now? It is. I, I was uh, certified that summer. So I met Jim in February. Um, I got certified by August. And so I'm 10 years a diver now. And uh, I'm also became a dive master. So now I'm the very first level of the professional dive community. And that's specifically so that I could help run uh, programs at the pool uh, without anybody else if I needed to. Okay. That's so cool. So, so. Con- convince us if we're scared to, to try it out. Um, yes. And just, you know what, it's like anything else, find the right instructor. Mm. Um, you want an instructor who's able to work with you, um, if, especially if you're a little bit more sensitive or you have a little bit more trepidation about it. You know, talk to that person. Don't just, you know, go, oh, it's my local dive shop. If, if that person doesn't connect with you, find somebody different because you want the best experience you can get. And, um, if you want to give us a call, we'll try and help you find somebody too. <laughs> okay. How do we, um, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, how do, how do you, uh, we're at diveheart.org, www.diveheart.org. Our phone number is on there and you can email us, um, off our website. Uh, Jim, if you call the office, um, Jim will answer the phone Wow! because he insists that all phone calls get uh, forwarded to his phone. So he will answer the phone. He's always surprising people because he's like, oh, yeah, I'm the founder. (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) It's so crazy. You know what? One time I did that. I was I was calling Bambino, which is a babysitting service um, to see if they wanted to put a sponsor on one of my podcasts for parents. And I called and like was looking for their marketing person. The guy was like, oh yeah, I'm the founder. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know I was talking to the big dogs today. I was, I don't know how good my sales pitch is right now. <laughs> That's what, yeah. It, and it throws him, but he's, uh, he loves just being connected with people. And so, and if he needs to, you know, forward it to me or other things, then, then he does that. But, uh, yeah, if you give a call, he will be the guy who you're talking to. That's so cool. I lo- I love it when, I mean, you can only do that for so long, I guess. But another example, we just had flooring replaced in our house and the owner called me back when I left a message about it because I did a local place. And I'm like, how cool is that? It's really cool when customers or clients or people interested in volunteering somewhere like Diveheart can like actually touch and talk to the founder. Right. Yeah. And he, and you know what, if you ever give a donation, he writes every single thank you note. That's so cool. Personal, like with a, with handwritten. So you will get a handwritten note from him. And you know, it, it, we are truly grateful because I think 99% of the money that we get are from individual donors. That's so cool. Okay. So. Well, we will link to the site and everything, um, in our show notes. Now we always wrap up with some into the podcast questions here. Um, what is something, professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done? So my next big dream that I'm hoping to uh, fulfill next year is uh, there's the, I don't sure if you know this, but the dive world is very male dominated. Okay. It just still is. And it's a, you know, it's a wild west out there. So one of the things I want to do is to promote the women of Dive Heart, both the adaptive divers, the buddies, and the instructors. So I am looking to put together um, an all-women's trip next year uh, so that we can 
uh, just celebrate and promote that we have all these wonderful women divers as part of our dive heart family. And I'm really, really looking forward to being able to do it. I was going to try and do it in 2020 and we all know what happened to that. Mm -hmm. So um, this year it still was just not enough time to plan and not enough um, dive areas open. So next year I'm hoping to, to see it to fruition. And that is my next big goal to do. Oh, that sounds so cool. Okay. What's a book you recommend? The best, most recent book you've read? So um, I really like uh, The Obstacle is the Way by uh, Ryan Holiday. And mm. it's just, he's a, a stoic or he, he helps um, define for you stoicism. And, and it's just a way of being able to look at the challenges in your life and figure out, you know, instead of saying, I can't get through it. How do you get around it? How do you get under it? How do you how do you use it as a positive way of um, making getting you an outcome, a positive outcome? So you don't see it as an obstacle. You see it as part of the path that you have to go through. I love that. Which one is that? Because I one of the books of his I want to read. I think it's called Stillness is Key. Yeah, that's a more recent one. So okay. this was an older one that he did. I don't know if it was his first one. I don't think it was. Um, but Jim and I love it. And we we reread it or we listen to it. We listen to it a lot because we're always running around doing something. So mm -hmm. it's great for when you're traveling or, if, you know, if I listen a lot when I'm like trying to clean my house, that type of thing. Um, but it's wonderful to re-listen to because every time I listen to it, I find a different nugget of of something that I actually needed to hear. Oh, so good. <laughs> it, right. So it's, it's a wonderful book and it's short, but you can listen to it over and over again. And it, it you'd learn something every time. What's it called again? Uh, the obstacle is the way. Okay. I'm going to have to add that to my list. I, this is like of all the things I get to learn about hosting these podcasts. Like I love these book recommendations. They're so good. I know. Right. Cause you could, you could, live forever and not be able to read everything no. that's out there. So it's great when someone kind of gives you a tidbit and then you're going, this is awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's good to, it's a good thing to ask. I think the list is endless for sure. Okay. So is there anything, any organization outside of dive heart or person that is inspiring you lately that you want to highlight in this conversation? Oh, man, I didn't prep for this one. I apologize. No, I think I forgot um, to send it. I don't host this podcast super often. And I forgot since it's called the Illuminate podcast, we always like, like, what should we illuminate? You know, like we always like to bring attention to other things. So it is my fault. I did not send this because I totally spaced it until now. That's okay. So let me let me think quickly. You know, I think. I, so I, I would challenge all of your listeners to go out. We have a YouTube channel and there are so many inspirational stories. Mm. Like the people that we work with, I, I can't leave a, a, a trip or a, a pool session without being inspired by the people that we work with. And I would say, go out and find your favorite story. The other thing we just did, if you want a really short version of a lot of what we do go and see our song we have a new song a dive heart song that we released in maybe two months ago and um, it's really fun it's upbeat and if you want a little private dance party um, 
listen to that song and look at the video. It just has so many inspirational moments that you'll like. Oh, fun. Okay, I will put that and link to that in the show notes as well. I'm going to watch that with my kids. Yeah, I think they'll like it. It's it's fun and it really highlights what we do with people. And I just love the smiles. Just the, the smiles alone will make you make you smile for the day. Okay. Last question we ask our audience is what is the last message you'd like to leave with our audience? I say keep imagining the possibilities. Don't forget there's always something out there that'll lift you up. All right. Thanks so much for being here, friends. I appreciate you listening. And I hope that you were inspired by Tina Marie's story and the story of Dive Heart. Don't forget to check them out, diveheart.org. And we would love to connect with you on the Illuminate podcast as well. We are the Illuminate podcast on Instagram. You can find me personally, lindsayhine626 on Instagram as well. And if you have any suggestions or recommendations for the show that you think someone or an organization that you think might be a great guest, email emma at sandyboyproductions.com and we will take a look. All right. I hope you're having a great week and we will see you next week on the Illuminate podcast.